All right. Ruth chapter number two. We're going to start at verse number two. Ruth chapter two. If you don't have your Bibles, the scriptures are going to be up here on the screen. Very familiar story. If you have ever read this short book of Ruth, it's just four chapters, and it is a very powerful book in the Bible. The scripture says, and Ruth the Moabitess, so it's giving you background of where she is from. She is from Moab. Moab was an enemy of the Lord. The Moabites were enemies to God's people. And here is Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi. Naomi was from the children of Israel, Israelite. And here they are connected now and they are living in the same household because Ruth refused to stay in her hometown. Ruth had a desire to go where Naomi went, claved to her, stuck with her, not knowing what she was walking into, but understood there has to be something more in your country than I have in my country. There are going to be people in your world and in your life, on your job, that they may not understand your Christian culture. But one thing they must see is that there must be something more on your side than there is on my side. If there is no difference between you and them, then what would draw them to you? But there must be a distinct difference on your job, in your home, in your neighborhood. Everywhere you go, there should be a distinction between you and an unbeliever. There should be a distinction between someone that prays every day and someone that prays seldom. There should be a distinction in attitude, in conduct, in character, in morals. All those things should be different so that they can say there's got to be something more on your side than there is on my side. She said, let me go, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. So the scripture is letting us know that here is Ruth asking Naomi, hey, I want to go out and go grab some food because we came here with nothing. You must remember that they ended up back into uh, Bethlehem Judah and they had no husbands they had no children they didn't have anything to bring them any type of income wealth all they had was themselves and whatever they could do to earn income or receive food so now Ruth is saying hey I need to go out and glean I need to go get us some food because otherwise we're going to starve she says, let me go and glean and whoever I find grace in the sight of the Lord in, that's where I'm going to stay and glean some food. And so the Bible says, and she said unto her, go my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers and her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. She just happened to come across a field who the field belonged to a man by the name of Boaz who just happened to be a kindred of the late husband of Naomi by the name of Elimelech. So it says, and behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem 
and said unto the reapers, the Lord be with you. He blessed them and they answered unto him, the Lord bless you as well. This is a good example here for all of you that are leaders or business owners or in any type of position, even if it's volunteer where people work underneath you, you should never treat them less than you. Notice that as soon as he came back home, he said unto his servants that work for him, the Lord bless you. He bless them. The Lord be with you. It is important not to view yourself as higher. You may have a higher position, a higher title, but you ought not to act like you are above and they are beneath. I have found in all my years of leadership that when I treat people as equals and I'm willing to get down on my hands and knees and roll up my sleeves and, and don't stick my nose up in the air like I'm somebody just because I make $2 more an hour than they do. Okay, I'll, let me get back to the Bible then. And, and so it says in verse number five, then said Boaz unto his servants, that was set over the reapers. Hey, who, who's this young girl? Who's this damsel? Who, who is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, it is the Moabitess damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And so now she's noticed that they're talking about her because she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves so she came and hath continued even from the morning unto now that she tarried a little in the house. Now the Bible says in verse 14, it says, And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers and he reached her parched corn and she did eat and sufficed and some was left over. So now she has found grace in the eyes of Boaz. Now not only is she allowed to glean, but now she's also allowed to come into the house and eat some food enough so that she can be full and there's some left over. My friend and brothers, if there's ever a time you and I should open up our doors to our household, that time is now. You, you, you have to be able to come to some sort of agreement in your family, in your household, to where people are allowed in your space, if you will. You have to have your time with your family. I understand that. I'm not preaching against that. But we also have to take time to where we allow people in our space to show the love of Jesus Christ. It's a good time, a great time to sit people down at the table to be able to talk with them and conduct with them and talk to them about the goodness of the Lord. Can I take this a little bit further right here? Okay, so now I had a sermon, I don't know when it was, but I preached about the table. How many of you remember that? I preached about the table, okay, and the importance of the table and how I take time with my children and we sit down at the table and we talk about the gospel. We talk about things that's on their mind. We talk about things that you're going through because our world has eliminated the table. I want you to think about how often do you and your family just sit down at a table and eat? It hardly ever happens. Kids are in their room. You're over here. People are over there. This game's going on. This football game is watching. They got this basketball game on. Everybody's separated, and there's no time together as a family. I want to challenge every listener that is hearing me right now. Take time at 
the table. If you would just take time, shut all the devices off, shut everything off, come to the table, eat, and communicate. I know that's a foreign word. I know that's something that's just like, well, Pat, what is, what is he talking about right now? Uh, communicate, talk to one another. It's amazing how, what you can find out when you ask someone, how was your day today? You know, just talk to people. And it's important for our children to have that communication because they're being raised with devices and all they know is tweets and social media and likes and hearts and all they seek for is attention from other people that don't even know their name but I want attention from people in my own household that do know my name and so if you give them that attention they won't seek as much attention outside the four walls can I take it a little bit deeper all right I got five amens and so now it's important here because if they get the gratification inside the household they wouldn't have to seek gratification outside the household and if they seek gratification outside the household they're only going to mimic the things outside the household so you cannot get mad at your kids if they're caught up in things in the world you wondering why in the world are you doing this oftentimes it's because we're not showing them the attention that they need need inside the house amen to all of our guests sometimes you just gotta clap for yourself praise God uh, and so that that is very important so now she has found grace and she's inside the household with Boaz are you still with me and so in verse number 15 it says and when she was risen up to glean Boaz commanded listen to this now he commanded them he he she has found grace in his eyes commanded his young men saying let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not here it is verse number 16 and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose let fall some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not another version puts it like this it should be up on the screen it says and also pull out some from the bundles everyone say the bundles and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So now not only is she allowed to glean from what is left behind, but now they're saying, I want you to allow things to fall on purpose. I want you to give things to her that she doesn't even deserve according to the law, but I want you to give things to her on purpose so that she can go home full of what she needs. Now, we need to understand what gleaning is. Gleaning was the practice of going into a recently harvested field and picking up whatever grain remained. It was a law that God gave his people back in Leviticus. Let's see it. It's going to be up on the screen. Leviticus chapter 19, starting at verse number 9. Look what it says. It says, and when you reap the harvest of your land, this was a commandment from God to his people, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of the field. Don't take everything. Don't take everything. Look at this concept. It's a great concept. Don't take everything. He says, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. Whatever fall, if you're gleaning, if you're harvesting and some fall out of your basket, some kind of get lost a little bit, don't go back and go pick them up. Allow them to fall. Allow them to fall. 
He says here in verse number 10, and thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. He says, I am the Lord your God. So this concept was not a concept that was foreign to them. It wasn't something that they just made up. Boaz wasn't making this up. This was something that was commanded of them by God. But Boaz added something to the commandment. He said, not only allow her to glean, which is a commandment of ours, but I want you to allow handfuls of purpose to be fallen upon her. I want you to allow her to get more than even what the law commanded. And I'm telling you, that's what I feel right now in this church and amongst God's people, that God is getting ready to exceed the abundance of everything that you ask or even think. I want you to give your, get your mind off of the normal and I want you to get it on excelling expectation of God. I want you to get it off of, well, this is just what I expect God to do. No, I want you to get on the acceleration of what God can do because God wants to give you handfuls. Everyone say handfuls of purpose. Now, we understand the importance of giving. We understand the importance of that here in this church. We understand the importance of tithing and offering. We understand it. For those of you that maybe don't understand biblical, tithing and offering is in the word of God. It's in the book of Malachi. Matter of fact, for those that don't understand, it's going to be up here on the screen. The book of Malachi, Malachi excuse me, chapter number three. We're going to start at verse number eight, please. I want you to say this. And it says, will a man rob God? It says, yet how have you robbed me? But you say, how we robbed you? He says, you robbed me in tithing and offerings. Leave that up there just for a moment. The Bible says you've robbed me in tithing. Everyone say and. Tithing and offerings. That's how you have robbed me. And because you have robbed me in tithes and offering, look what he says in the very next verse. He says, you are cursed with a curse. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be cursed by God. If you curse me out, that's one thing. But if God decides to curse on me, then I, I don't want to do that. Now, I'm not saying God is cursing. I'm talking about putting a curse on you. Y'all walk out of here saying, Pastor said, God curses. <laughs> You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me even this whole nation. Even this whole Nation. Now, this is very interesting because I'm very particular about my surroundings. I'm very particular about who's in my inner circle. I'm very particular about people that sing and, and musicians that play and people that even sing in a choir. I'm very particular about those things because the scripture said you have robbed me even the whole nation has. So I, I look at that very strongly and say, okay, if you're going to be in my circle, you have to be faithful unto God. Don't be faithful to me and not faithful to God. Be faithful to God first and you will be faithful to me. And so it's important, my friend, that I am very diligent and very particular about the people that come into my circle because if they're not faithful to God in tithing and offering, not only are they cursing themselves, you're cursing the entire group. He says even the whole nation is cursed because you decide you want to rob me. And I'm telling you right now, I don't want to curse this church because I'm not being a good steward with what God has given unto me. 
He said, even the whole nation. He says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. I don't know about you, but I want the blessings of God. He says that there's not room enough to receive handfuls of purpose. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He says, I will rebuke the devourer. I remember there was a time when I wasn't as faithful as I should. And it seems like every check I got was gone before I got it. Now, how did the check go be gone before you even got it? It hasn't even hit the account yet. You know, that automatic deposit, you know, I, I was anticipating that automatic deposit. And the check is already gone before I even got it because I wasn't faithful in my stewardship. He says, I will rebuke that devourer. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord. Look what he says. And all nations shall call you blessed. All nations shall call you blessed. I believe with all my heart. Ecclesiastes speaks these words in chapter number three and verse number one. It speaks this. It says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. I believe with all my heart, and you may agree with me, that this is our time, this is our season here at Star City Church. Mm -hmm. Now, I need you to make that personal. I need you to say it's your time and your season. I truly believe that, that this is our time and our season here at Star City Church. Now, you need to make that personal and say, it's my time and my season in my life. You don't have to live any longer based on your yesterday, based on your past life, based on things that the enemy tries to remind you of to make you think your future is not bright. That is a lie from the devil. Your future is bright because it's my time and it's my season. Somebody needs to receive that right now. I don't care what's happening in your home. I don't care what's happening on your job. I don't care what's taking place in marriages. It is my time and my season. If you're ready for your season to be blessed, clap your hands unto the Lord. Let's just praise him for it in advance. There is an overwhelming presence of God in this house, and he has been manifesting himself very tangibly. You probably felt it the moment you walked in here. You felt it during the worship session. You felt it while the choir was singing. You felt a tangible move of God, because I believe we serve a God that can be and is tangible. We serve a God that is all powerful. I want to serve a God that I can feel, that I know is real, that comes by and answers my prayers, that he's deep down in my soul and he directs me. Why would you serve a God that doesn't talk to you, that doesn't direct you, that doesn't provide for you? That's not the type of God that we serve here, but we serve a God that is real, that is able to do all things, that is tangible. You can feel him. Amen. And so that is the very thing that is happening here uh, at Star City Church. And so with that said, there are keys to great revival and great growth. There are keys to great revival and great growth in God. I'm speaking of revival at Star City. I'm speaking of revival in your home. I'm speaking of revival with your relatives. I'm speaking revival in your life. There are keys to this. Now, we must understand this is easy. Prayer 
is and always will be a key to revival. If you lack prayer in your life, you will go nowhere. That must be the foundation. That is the elementary piece of anything great in your life. You must pray. I teach our young adults, I say, don't waste a day, pray every day. That is what I teach them. I say, don't waste a day, pray every day. And so you must understand that, that if you didn't wake up this morning, you don't wake up tomorrow and pray, you just wasted your day. You may say, how in the world can that happen? I'm not talking about your job. I'm not talking about things that, of the natural. I'm talking about kingdom things. I'm talking about kingdom people that need to have kingdom purpose. And if you are a kingdom per people with kingdom purpose, then you ought to wake up every day and say, Lord, thank you for just one more day. Thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for giving me strength in my body. Thank you, Lord, for life, health, and strength. Thank you, Lord, for food, clothing, and shelter. Now lead me, Lord. Guide me, Lord. Direct me, Lord. Not my will, Lord, but your will, Lord. I'm talking about a kingdom people with kingdom purpose. Because when you pray every day, now you are allowing yourself to be led, not by your flesh, but by the spirit. And I don't know about you, but I live in a day and I'm surrounded by people. I need to be led by the spirit. Amen. And so prayer is the foundation. That's, that's there. But there are three other keys that I want to teach on that I want you to understand here. These three keys are these. Radical submission, radical worship, radical sacrifice. It's going to be up on the screen. I want you to write that down on your note card right now. Please. Radical submission, radical worship, and radical sacrifice. We're going to leave that up there for all of my quick riders and slower riders. <laughs> These three keys we're going to talk about. Why use the word radical? Because we must be radical with our submission. We must be radical in our worship and we must be radical in our sacrifice. Now as you're writing that, I want you to understand something. This month is my favorite month of the year. It always has been. My family knows about it. I hope they get excited about it like I do. But I don't think they do. March is my favorite month of the year. It is known in our society as March Madness. I feel like running around this church right now. <laughs> I love March Madness. I could preach March Madness, I'm telling you right now. It's madness. I love it. They say, they say, there's a statistic out there in the corporate world that says production actually drops in the month of March. That's just what they say. They say production actually decreases in the month of March. So businesses actually plan for the decrease. 
in the month of March. Look at that. Look, isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. March madness. I love it on many levels. You understand the sport of basketball is when the smaller schools have an opportunity to make it to the NCAA tournament to play against the bigger schools. They call it the David versus Goliath. And you see all these great upsets where the smaller schools take out the big school, and it's a wonderful thing. I was a part of it. I went to a smaller school. They call them Cinderella's that kind of walked through the first round, second round, third round of the tournament saying the Cinderella. Well, I wasn't a Cinderella, but anyway... I was a part of March Madness where our school, I went to a smaller school in Texas and we would win our conference championship. And that's the only way we can be a part of March Madness. And we won our conference championship a couple years. If you don't believe me, I have the proof in my office, praise God. I do. I have the championship rings that's in my office. And so we, we won our conference championship and we were so excited. We won. We're champions. And, and the first team we come up against, first round is Duke University. Now, you could have chose any other school for us to play against. We got to go against Duke, the Blue Devils. Yeah, they have the devil, all right. So, And so we, we're playing against them, and, I mean, we're just doing so good. And, uh, and, and, and I was trying to Google some pictures of the game, but I, I guess Google don't go back that far, praise God. <laughs> and so, and so I, was, I mean, we're doing so well. The first half, we're right there. We're down by less than single digits. We're in the locker room like, I think we're going to beat Duke. We didn't beat Duke. They, <laughs> they, they came out in that second half, and they just killed us. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even close. They, they just blew us out. But, hey, we made it. Well, in the month of March, we're going to have madness in this church. And we're going to have a month of madness, but we're going to be radical with our madness. If you can put my last screen back up there with a the radical submission, radical worship, and radical sacrifice. Our submission to God and his ways are going to be radical in the month of March. We're going to talk about it. Our worship in this house and your worship in your house are going to be radical in the month of March. Your sacrifice is going to be radical in the month of March. Because I am under the persuasion that if a whole month out of the year can be dedicated to the things of the world, then why can't the church take a whole month and dedicate their radicalness to Jesus Christ? Because if this is going to be a month that I'm excited about for a carnal thing, why can't I get just as excited, if not more excited, for a spiritual thing? So if they can be mad, we can be mad. I feel like saying if they can be mad, we can be glad. Amen. So each one of you have a note card. You have a pen. You wrote down those three keys that are going to bring revival to Star City, to your home, and to your situation. This is what we're going to do right now. 
We're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to hold up our cards. And then we're going to write down a few things when I tell you to write it down. I want you to hold up your card right now. And I'm going to pray a prayer that come against every spirit of hindrance. That comes against everything that tries to stop you from having revival in your home. Having revival in your situation. And to try to stop you from being radical for Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now, every card that is raised, every hand that is raised, God, they've raised it in submission. They've raised them in belief, trusting and knowing, oh God, that you're able to do all things. Now, God, I pray against every spirit of unbelief. I come against every spirit of doubt. I come against every spirit of fear. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that a release of faith will be in this house. I pray, oh God, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet, we will feel a release in the spirit that God I pray that our hearts will be open our minds will be touched loose our tongues right now in the name of Jesus Christ that we will speak life and not death Lord we look to you in Jesus name we pray if you believe us someone shout hallelujah now don't write anything down yet I'm going to tell you when to write follow me here just for a moment We are going to write down something here quickly. And what we're going to write down is simply what radical way you are going to show submission. You're going to write it down here in a moment. You're going to write down here in a moment what radical way you are going to show worship. And finally, what radical way you are going to give a sacrificial offering unto the Lord. Your sacrificial radical offering. If you have a spouse and it needs to be discussed, you discuss it with your spouse, as my wife and I are. But your radical covenant is for the month of March. Your radical covenant is for the month of March. Your submission and your worship will be your commitment for the entire month. Your total sacrificial offering should be given no later than the last Sunday of March. My wife and I may give all, we may give over the course of the month until we reach our radical goal. If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. All month in the month of March, starting today, we are going to be radical in our submission towards God and towards his will and to his way. All month, we are going to be radical with our worship in the house of the Lord and more importantly, or just as important, excuse me, in your home. I do not want us to be Christians on Sunday and act like somebody else on Monday. Your children need to see you be a Christian on Sunday and they need to see you be a Christian on Monday. We have many Christians that have turned atheists not because of something that has gone on in their life. It's because of what they see in their home. But I want my children to see a real God on Sunday and I want them to see the real same God on Monday. So we will be radical in our submission towards God. Notice I'm saying towards God, not towards man. We'll be radical in our submission, in our worship, and we'll be radical in our sacrifice 
in our offering. Our giving is over and above our normal giving. It is a radical sacrifice. I give 15% of my income comes to this church in tithing and in offering. That's what I do every time I get paid. 10% goes to the Lord, holy unto the Lord in tithing. 5% goes into my offering. I'm not talking about that 15%. I'm going to give a radical sacrifice unto the Lord. Because if I'm going to be radical, if I want him to be radical in my life, I'm going to be radical right back with him. The choir couldn't have sung a better song saying praise precedes the victory. My wife and I understand this principle, this church. I want you to understand this principle. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse number six. It says, but this I say, Jesus said, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But he that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he has purpose, where? In his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, but for God. It says, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I want you to understand something here very clearly. Every guest, if you're a first-time guest here or maybe you're a returning guest, I am, there is zero, zero expectation for you to participate in this. Zero expectation. Every member of Star City Church, there is an expectation for you to participate in this because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. If you are a guest here and you would like to participate and you want to participate in the first two things, the radical submission and the uh, radical worship, you can do that. Zero expectation for you to do anything sacrificially unto the Lord. I want to take a moment right now. You're going to write down the things that you're going to be radical with and I don't want you to, don't put any names on them. Okay, don't put any names on them. This is very important because here's what we're going to do. You're going to write them down, and then when you write it down, we're all going to stand together. We're going to bring them up and lay them on the altar, all right? All, all these cards that are laid up on the altar. So if you need to write it down somewhere else, you can do that as well. Okay, you can do that as well. If you need to memorize it, put it in your phone or whatever the case may be, you can do that. You're gonna, we're going to all come together down. We're going to lay it right down here on the altar. We're going to go back, and then I'm going to have our ministry team come up, and we're going to pray over all of these radical requests. We're going to do that in the name of Jesus Christ, and we're going to believe God for what he's going to do. As our praise team and worship team begins to lay them down, I want you to come on up to the platform as we get ready to sing and worship right out of this service. So I want you to take a moment right now. And I want you to write down what your radical worship is, your radical submission is, and your radical giving is going to be. I want you to know if I can get that camera right there. Is that right here in front of my face right here? Right there? Okay. I want everyone that is online that is watching us right now, I want you to understand that you can participate in this because it's not just for those that are here but it's also for you you can write it down wherever you choose to write it down on whether it's electronic whether it's a sheet of paper whatever the case may be as you're watching I want you to write it down if someone watches this video later you can still write it down and when we pray I want you to believe with you you can be a part of the giving if you're a part of Star City Church and you can be radical in your sacrifice whether you give online whether you text to give whether you give on our website it does not matter what you do remember that everything that you're doing is for the entire month of March you're going to be radical in your submission the entire month of March
march. Radical in your worship and radical in your sacrifice unto the Lord. This is not something that I'm going to announce to the church. Every card that is laid down here, I'm keeping in my office and I'm going to pray over them every single day day let the church say amen it is not something that i'm going to bring to you and said this is what we're doing this is what's going on this is a covenant between you and god that's why i don't want names i don't want anything it doesn't matter to me because it's your covenant between you and god because as i said if the world can be radical this month then the church we can also be radical this month amen so take a moment please sister robinson if you don't mind coming up here so we can discuss our financial the name of Jesus. Okay. Do you have it? Let's raise it up one more time. If you need another minute, you can. After we pray, I just want you to simply stand where you are. I want you to come down and just lay it down here, then just walk right back to your seat. Now, if you have elderly in your row, or say if a husband wants to take all the cards for the family, or someone wants to gather those for the family, I want you to do that, okay? I'm not expecting any of our elderly to get up and walk up here if they don't want to, okay? If you choose to and you want to, you can do that. You're going to set them right up here, then you're going to go right back down. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's lift them up towards heaven. If you have those ready, if not, if you need another 30 seconds, you can do that. But we're going to pray a simple prayer. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice and the obedience that is happening all across this building, even right now. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would do what only you can do. God, I pray, Lord, that you will move upon every heart. And I thank you, Lord, for doing it already. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would do, Lord God, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even think we give you the glory for it because it's for your glory and nobody else's if you receive that word come on stand to your feet walk down here place them right down here on the altar and when you place it down here on the altar i want you to say lord i believe it i want you to speak that out of your mouth come on come on just lord i believe it lord i believe it that's it come on in Jesus' name. You can turn them upside down. Nobody has to see no names on it. Lord, I believe it. That's it. Walk it down. Place it down here. Walk right back to your seat. Lord, I believe it. And then our, our praise singing musicians, they can come at this time. Lord, I believe it. That's it. Speak that. Speak it in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. I would like some of our ministry team, some of our ministry team members, once you have it laid down, I want you to remain up here just for a moment. Some on my right hand side, some on my left hand side. So, Brother Caden, right there, thank you very much. Brother Bryant, yes, Brother Bear, just come on up here. That's it. Lord, I believe it. Lord, I believe it. Speak that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look at this wonderful spirit of unity and love. Come on, church. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Let's Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. That's it. Bring it down here. Bring it down. I believe it. Whatever it is, you place it down there. I believe it. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's it. I believe it. That's it. I believe it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe it. Thank you, Lord. Ministry team, if you would, please stretch a hand over these cars that are already up here. Those of you out here, come on, stretch a hand this way. Come on, speak over these right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, church, pray with me. That's it. Come on, keep on bringing it. Keep on bringing it. Lay it down here. Lay it down. Lay it down. I believe it. 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 I believe it in the name of Jesus. Now, let's all stand to our feet. Listen to what the scripture says. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28. Look what the Bible says now. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all, <laughs> that all, all things work together for good to them that love God. Does anybody in here love God? Hmm. Hallelujah. I feel something breaking already. Something's happening already. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. I want to remind you that Boaz made this statement, Ruth 2.16, and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. I'm telling you, my friend, that God's getting ready to pour out a blessing upon your life that you don't even have room enough to receive. I'm telling you, great joy, great peace, great blessing. You better get ready for it. I'm telling you, whenever you step out by faith and do things according to his purpose, God says there'll be handfuls. There'll be handfuls. You can't even contain what God wants to give unto you. And he said, rebuke or not. Because when God speaks it, nothing can stop it. There's not a devil in hell that can stop the blessing that is coming your way. There's not a devil in hell that can stop the revival that is coming to your home. Uh, let me tell you something right now as we worship. The Bible lets us know if you read the book of Ruth, chapter number four, she ends up marrying Boaz. They end up having a child. That child's name was Obed. What's so special about that? Well, Obed had a son by the name of Jesse. We must remember Ruth was a Moabite. She was an enemy. She lived in a pagan nation, an enemy of God. 
but she says I'm not leaving you I'm gonna clave to you and your God's gonna be my God where you go that's where I'm going where you die that's where I'm gonna die I'm not leaving you and because she had that mindset she married Boaz had favor with Boaz had a son by the name of Obed Obed had a son by the name of Jesse Jesse had a son by the name of David you mean to tell me Ruth who came from a pagan nation was never supposed to be in the lineage of King David became the great grandmother of David well who came from the lineage of David Jesus Christ himself I'm telling you my friend when you step out by faith and you do things that's radical for the Lord you just don't know what God is going to line up You just don't know by you stepping out by faith, bringing this up to the altar, saying I'm going to be radical in my submission. I'm going to be radical in my worship. I'm going to be radical in my giving. God is saying I'm starting to line things up. I'm going to put things in order. And you ought to expect the exceeding greatness of God. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Let's magnify the name of Jesus. <laughs> 